1: I'm Mari, and I'm here with John today. We don't have Craig today, but we, we can make it happen, I right, think John? we'll be okay. Yeah, I think we will. So today we're going to be talking about evangelization, such a big topic. Um, so are you a good evangelizer, John?
0: Well, it depends on whether the evangelized uh, think that or not. But but <laughs> I, I am much better now having moved to the South. Really? Than I was as as a native uh, Yankee. Yeah. It, it's just the uh, climate, both pro and con our position makes yeah. it, in my opinion, easier to evangelize or more necessary to evangelize.
1: You sometimes. know, I would, totally, I would totally agree with that as I think about that there's just, um, there's almost an expectation that you're gonna talk about your faith here in the South. And like you said, so either people really want to hear about it or they don't understand what a Catholic is. Yep. And so you get to share that and um, clear up any misconceptions or misperceptions, which makes it really cool too. a lot of curiosity and, and open mindedness. But you're right in the north. I have noticed it's more cultural, maybe. And so people don't even think about yeah, yeah talking about it. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Although we'll get a chance to talk to our guests about that this morning, because yeah, we, we share a common lineage in that, and that we both have ancestors from the South, as in the South side of Chicago.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I don't know if I should be worried in here today. I've got There are to... no knives. Okay. That's good <laughs> no to weapons. know. No weapons. Yeah. So yeah, we do have the expert in here with us today, and he's actually a friend of yours. So I'm going to ask you to go ahead and um, pray and then introduce our friend. I'll be glad to do that. Because he is an expert at evangelization. I'm glad to do that.
0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, first and foremost, we just give you thanks for this opportunity to be together, to be together with friends, to be together with friends who are like-minded in their love for you. We ask you to bless this time with extra grace and the gifts of your holy spirit so that the things that we think and do and say during this time together might be beneficial for you father you charged us your son charged us that we should go out and spread his word across the entire world and he promised also that he would be with us until the end of time and so on those two promises father we commit this next hour of our time together to you and we ask that give glory to you and we ask this all in jesus mighty name Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Amen. Yeah. So like we said, we have the expert in here. Yes. Okay.
0: It's, look, this is this is extremely good because we've had uh, one of the things that we worry about in the family room, or, or, or I do, that I project on all you guys, <laughs> is like that somehow people listening are going to feel like... Mm, that's those guys that's those family room guys and they're different and god has given him and her and him something special and different and and they're just not normal (laughs) while we we (laughs) may not be normal from a certain perspective we are pretty much average joe and i don't want to like push anything down on our guests but i will tell you that if you met this person on the street and just had a chat you say wow what a kind man there's but you wouldn't say hey he's an award-winning you know marketing executive for twenty five years and then now celebrating twenty five years in this evangelization business you would just say hey he's a nice man and if you met his wife and his children and we interviewed one of yes, his children I right? did so i'm doing all this to have a little build up right because they say that that's good it's <laughs> a teaser but I really want to <laughs> introduce um Tom Peterson to you this morning and Tom has an Tom has an impressive resume he was an award winning corporate executive in the marketing world and I did time in marketing and I know what that takes and and I'm proud of you for being normal after all of that, Tom. Uh, <laughs> yes, um, but but uh, went on a retreat um, and and really got in tune with the desire of God for him and for his heart, and and started um, two uh, media apostles, a uh, virtue media and and, pro, and, and a pro life media. Catholics come uh, home. Um, he has uh, 250 million viewers, I think, in 40 dioceses, uh, Tom, that are helping to. Sp- the message you host the EWTN EWTN television series called Catholics Come Home. We we see that that's an inspiring thing, um, and 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 I'm, we're going to get a plug in for that in our in our show notes also. But if you're taking notes right now, as you should be, I can't believe you're not. But um, it's it's in its ninth season and it's every Sunday night at eight thirty p.m. So check that out. Um, Tom also was asked uh, by Fox News to do the live commentary uh, at the election of our last pope. So, um, so this, when you meet him on the street and say, he's just a nice guy. Great. There's an awful lot behind this nice guy. So without any further ado, as they say in the business, I would love to introduce to you, Mr. Tom Peterson. Tom, thank you so much for being with us this morning.
2: It's great to be with you. And when you said expert in the room, I agree. And it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Amen. And when we listen to the Holy Spirit, the way the apostles did after Pentecost, we get power and everything goes well. And when we don't, we're... Freighty cats in the coward in the back corner, and that's the difference. So, for evangelization, the number one thing we can do is be docile to the Holy Spirit. Obedient.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, docility that's one of those virtues. I just love that. Um, so, Tom, we heard a little bit okay, so 25 years in advertising, and then God called you into. Now, 25 years, and I'm sure many more years to come Amen. into this um, beautiful apostolate on, for evangelization where you do so many amazing things. You're just going to your website, Catholics Come Home. It's overwhelming to see what all is there. But obviously there was a a faith conversion or something happened in the midst of process. And actually, I think you even mentioned that happened at a a retreat. Would you share with us a little bit about your own personal faith journey and what brought you to where you are today?
2: Sure. Uh, Like John, I was born on the southwest side of Chicago, a regular average guy. My dad worked for the post office for 54 years. I think I'm the first one in my family to go to college and finish. Um, I'm just a regular guy. Um, and as I studied in school and, you know, got bullied, uh, I, you know, my, uh, my famous line is, well, I'm not going to hire you someday <laughs> out of pride. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? Um, but I guess studying hard and trying to be a good kid were the things I could do, uh, getting through tough days of school. And, um, when I graduated, I got a great job selling surgical products back in uh, Illinois area. And, um, uh, grew up in Arizona and I kind of just said, you know, Lord, thank you. This is great. But then my ambition got the best mm. of me. Mm. And after a few years of that and having two of our three children, I knew I needed to go on a retreat because my life was out of control. I was going 90 miles an hour on the Phoenix freeway, zigging in and out of traffic because I was important. I had things to do, clients to meet and, mm. you know, and sales to make. And, um, I hadn't quite given up my foul language that I learned at my Jesuit prep school in high school. Um, Did you go to Ignatius? No. Well, it's like that. It's Brophy Prep in Phoenix. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it was, uh, I just had bad habits and I knew I was out of control and I now was a father and a husband and I had to do it right. So when I was invited on this retreat in the deserts of Arizona, I went and I was open to it. And when Father Doug Lorig, our pastor and a great spiritual director, uh, said, do any men want to be prayed over in front of the Eucharist? I was the first to get up and say, yeah, I, I need it. And when he prayed over me, I went down on the ground like you see and, uh, you know, Holy Spirit type events and first and only time in my life. And I heard God speak to my heart and I've learned later it's called infused wisdom. And he said two simple words to me and they apply to all of us downsize and simplify. Mm. And I knew what that meant, that I was too busy in my work life and personal goals and ambitions to have time for other people and certainly to have time for God to put him first. And he taught me that I was living my life in the gray area, one foot in the church, one foot in the world, um, you know, not black and white. And he said, it's either me or not me, either right or wrong, Mm. either God or not God. And the light bulbs went off and I got it. And I said, what do you want me to do? And it just said, follow me. And I said, sure. I mean, his love was so profound as I was crying there on the floor, I couldn't help but say yes. And my life changed in an instant. Mm -hmm. Um, I instantly stopped swearing. I mean, like for nine months, not one word, which was unusual. My friends and family thought like, this is post retreat, Tom. He's totally different. Um obviously the training wheels have come off and I have to be careful now especially on highway 92. <laughs> you were talking about how like nice of a guy I am. Yeah when you walk up to me maybe but on on highway 92 in busy traffic Just so, follow them. Don't get yeah, in front of them. I yeah. hope you're
1: not in front of me. This is why um, I don't have a fish on my car because that's the one place I yeah. yeah. Yep.
2: I, you know so you know we all we all have to uh reclaim Christ every day. Say yes to him every day. Follow his will every day. Uh, lead a sacramental life and one of the things god taught me after that retreat was you know start going to mass every day and and read the bible and and partake in the sacraments and when i did my life changed for the Mm. better Um, so being a cultural catholic just going on sunday is not enough Uh, we really need to dedicate our lives to god and i really learned who the holy spirit was that day on that retreat and like I said in my, you know, at the very beginning, without the Holy Spirit, we have no power. And I think that's something we as lay people need to, to know, but also that our church needs to know today. Part of the reason we're weak is that we have not called upon that third pl- person of the blessed Trinity nearly enough. Mm-hmm. And that's why we don't have power over some of the forces of the world. And we need to go back to those early church days of the early saints and say, Lord, send your Holy Spirit upon us because we can't do this on our own.
0: Yeah. Uh, you, and is. is It's not surprising with the success you had professionally or thinking about the family room and the role as mother and the role as father, we have obligations to be successful for our business, to to raise our children, to be the the faith leader in in our homes. And it's very easy, speaking again, projecting my mess on the world, (laughs) it's very easy to say, look, I need to do these specific things to make these specific things happen, be that professionally or personally. And and that's precisely when you get in trouble, when yeah. it's like, I need to do these things. It's Fine. like, I haven't got a clue. I know they need to be done, perhaps. Right. God, you could help. That's a
2: good lead in because the devil tried tricking me right after that retreat. I promised God, you know, that I would write a big check to charity and I would finally, you know, be more charitable and kind and sharing because I I was making decent money back then. And um, I... I learned that one of my clients was kind of like swindling other clients and doing, you know, other people their customers and all and I knew I had to get rid of that client. And I said give the money you owe me, it was $80,000 to charity and they didn't. Um and as I'm driving away, I heard a voice say, "Well, you can't give that big check to the church that you promised because, you know, you've got to feed your family," mm-hmm. which is what you're saying, John. Mm-hmm. You know, like kind of giving me a good that replaced the greater good. Yes, And I realized maybe for the first time in my life, that wasn't my voice, that wasn't God's voice, that was the bad guy. Mm. And I drove right to the parish and gave the check to the pastor. And uh, how blessed I was to have listened to God's voice instead of the evil one, because that pastor said that next weekend, you know, an anonymous person gave a check and we had a mother whose son died in a motorcycle accident in mm. Nevada. We're flying the body back in and that's part of where the money went. And I'm sitting in the back mm. of church crying, you know, like, thank God I listened to God's voice. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think we all need to be discerning on whose voices we're listening to and really think down in our heart, you know, our conscience, if formed, knows what the right thing to to do is, and doing something good like taking your kids to soccer on Sunday is not as good as taking Mm -hmm. them to mass and then
1: to soccer. Right. You know,
2: like we have to do both. And that's where the devil tries to trick us with a good instead of the greater good.
1: Right. You know, it's interesting too, as you are telling your story and John, what you said, what resonated in my heart is my own personal conversion many years ago. And it was because of Tom, when you were describing yourself and you were on high You know, high alert. You were driving all over like a crazy person. You were driven. You were a driven person, and that's what hit me. For me, and so maybe listeners, maybe some of you can also um, appreciate that. Are you feeling like you're feeling very driven? You're very, very driven, and it's it's maybe not uh, God who's driving you because he doesn't drive us. He calls us. And so can you become a called person? What does that feel like? What does that look like? What peace does that bring into your life? And what purpose and mission does that bring into your life? And whose voice are you listening to, right? You're listening to the one who calls you. And that's, we just heard that scripture in mass, right? right? That, you know, my sheep hear my voice, they know me and they follow me. And that's what you're talking about, Tom. So listeners, if you are just tuning in, you are here in the family room. We are talking with Tom Peterson, from Catholics come home. Um, he's got wonderful experience in evangelization. God called him into that twenty-five years ago, and so Tom, would you share with us some of your thoughts? I mean, you've now been evangelizing for twenty-five years. That's a long time. So, would you share your thoughts of what God's done during that time and what you've learned? Sure.
2: First of all, uh, every one of us is called to be an evangelist. Uh, mm. Scripture tells us, go feed my sheep, go spread the good news to the ends of the earth. So our testimony written on our hearts, the good God has done in our lives, the prayers he's answered, how our lives are better and enriched when we listen to God and follow his will. uh, That's it. So I have nothing special. Uh, It's all just my unique story. You have your own unique story. Mm -hmm. And how delighted I was after that retreat where I had two dreams and one was producing some sort of a Catholic you know, a video of some sort, which became Catholics Come Home. And one was um, blessing a baby on the forehead with the sign of the cross three times, which ended up becoming our pro-life apostolate of virtue media. And I thought back, I said, wow, my whole life, God has prepared me for these apostolates that mm-hmm. my public speaking as a, kindergartner on stage in <laughs> Oakland, Illinois, you know, it mm-hmm. was the night before Christmas was part of my public speaking. <laughs> oh, background. My and, you know, creating ads in college and all is part of evangelization messages now with Catholics Come Home and Virtue Media Pro-Life. And, and the same is true with each one of you, that God has given you unique talents and gifts, and he calls you to use them for his glory. And obviously the devil's going to try what's called the double-edged sword. Well, he'll take your very gifts and try to turn them against, so, if you're particularly good at um, communicating or talking, uh, our tongues can be used as a sharp-edged sword, mm-hmm. so be on guard. Your very mm-hmm. gifts are the things that the bad guy is going to try to hijack. But um, you know, on those, on this area again, uh, I've learned that God calls us to cooperate with Him, but He's the pilot. You know, my dad met the the man who wrote the book, God is my co-pilot, Colonel Scott, and uh, he gave me a signed book, and I'm th- thankful. But I always thought that's a weird title. I want God to be my pilot, not yeah, my yeah, co-pilot. I want exactly. Him to fly the plane and me to just learn. <laughs> I would from like him. to be a passenger.
1: Amen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I need to put myself in it's, the back seat. Uh, it's so like like much easier. In first class, but I like <laughs>
0: to
2: be a passenger. But it goes back to what Mari said about you know being driven. Yeah, you know, I yeah. I think it's so much easier when we use our God given talents to our best ability, but ultimately surrender to God and say, Lord. I can only do the what you've given me and the talent, but ultimately this is up to you. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to ever hear that statement. You know, Peter, behind me, you Satan, you're thinking the way the world thinks. No matter what our complaints are, our challenges, our worries in this world, we know that God is in control. His permissive will, at least, is allowing certain things to happen. He doesn't want sin, but when people sin, he's going to make those crooked roads straight um, if, if they repent, and he's going to help us faithful people through these difficult times. But bottom line is we need to let God be in control and us to be docile to his Holy Spirit. I think one of the easiest ways to evangelize is to start with praying every day, to lead someone closer to Christ. Mm -hmm. And if you have that openness and that heart to serve him uh, in the workplace you're at, in the school system you're at, uh, in the environment you're at at the store, um, I I think good things happen. Uh, So say you're at the grocery store and somebody starts telling you their problems. You go, oh, I prayed this morning to lead someone closer to Christ. So here's the second thing you can do. Well, Jane, I'm sorry that your husband has cancer. May I pray with you? Mm -hmm. And pray right then and there on the spot. Couple things happen. One, you remember to do it. Two, that person feels the love of God through you by you praying. And three, that prayer goes to heaven and starts helping her husband. So um, that's another way to evangelize is just pray with people on the spot.
1: You know, it's interesting. That was what God called me to do this Lent. So this Lent, um, he He just put on my heart that instead of just telling people, oh, yeah, I'll pray for you, was t- every day to allow him to bring somebody into my, my, my circle who needed prayer. And some of them were total strangers, like you just said. And um, and then I just prayed right there on the spot, out loud, wherever we were. And it was amazing to watch God's work in that. It was really cool.
2: Yeah. And yes. if you're nervous about praying, just say, Lord, I'm not sure what to say. So I'm gonna say in our Father. <laughs> good enough. A great way to start. You know, another thing we can all do is when someone says, how are you? Instead of saying, I'm good, I'm fine. Why don't we say I'm blessed? How are you? It plants the seed of Christ in their heart. If they're a fellow Christian, they might wake up and say, oh, I'm blessed too. And they start talking about God. If they're not, you may be the only one that day that is planting such a visible seed of Christ in their heart by saying the word, I'm blessed. Kind of like a priest or a nun when they wear their clerics out in public, they're promoting God. People are thinking about God when they see them in their clerics. Mm -hmm. We do the same when we say, I'm blessed. How are you?
0: Mm-hmm. so a lot of simple things a lot of simple things tom and 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 i'll i'll take i'll take it back to you know clearly you're an extra you're doing extraordinary things and by your own acknowledgement you know through the power of the Holy Spirit but it i feel like um you have a clear understanding of so saying hey simple thing to do is just to to commit each day to pray for somebody and bring them closer to Christ, to say, hey, I'm blessed. If someone came up and said, yeah, Tom, that's for Tom Peterson, but I work in this particular environment or that particular environment. I work in a, in a huge corporation, right? Um, and sometimes though they are not friendly, mm-hmm. intentionally or unintentionally to some of the principles that we you know, hold is, is really important. What are some simple things people can do who may be in more challenging environments. Um, thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, well, where sin abounds, grace abounds more. I think those environments, um, we have to be even more bold in sharing. Uh, the good news of Jesus, but maybe we don't have to be as overt. Uh, Like for example, uh, we mentioned at the top of the show, we live in the South now, which is different and people evangelize. And you know, like um, I I think most of us Catholics would say it's a little odd when someone says, brother, do you know Jesus? You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not our style. It's not the way we Catholics are used to evangelizing, but we should
1: be able to answer. Yes. Yes, exactly. But, but
2: we have a different style. It's more subtle. So in those workplaces that are tough, uh, we can be honest, we can be ethical and moral, always do the right thing. Uh, but it doesn't hurt if we personally say, uh, I'll pray for you mm-hmm. or you know, mm-hmm. I'll keep your intention in mind to think of you and pray for you. Um, you're, you're allowed to do that. But mm-hmm. we've let the world tell us you can't talk about God or mention prayer at all. Mm-hmm. We're letting them run, you know, uh, hurt over us when really God is in control and we're allowed to. So we have to know where their limits are. I think we've learned a lot with COVID where, So many people cowered in fear about a lot of stuff. And Pope John Paul II, St. John Paul II, you know, his mantra was be not afraid. Uh, And mm -hmm, why? Because the Bible tells us that 366 times in some fashion or another, do not fear or be not afraid. Mm -hmm. And yet what happened? People acquiesced, including clergy, bishops, and laity, when they said, we're going to close all your churches. Okay. And yet, you know, stores were open. Um, abortion clinics were open. Like, I think it was really a way for us to see, are we really faithful? Mm hmm. And I think God separated some sheep and goats at the time because so many people cowered in fear and still are. Uh, I I don't, I have to say, I don't understand when I see somebody driving in their car alone and they're wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. If they say, follow the science, there's no science to it. They're still living in fear. And I think that is the, the thing I've learned over 25 years is the devil is really good about dishing up fear, fear. Mm-hmm. and he's really good if you're a fisherman uh, at, at no, Knowing how to bait our hooks. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. What is the worm that's going to get Tom? Uh, What's the worm that's going to get Mari and John? You know, like, let me put on that colored worm with the right things that's going to get them to worry today. Sometimes it's about our children away from the church. Sometimes it's about, you know, something at work, something that seems insurmountable. And I, and through the good people I've met over the years, have just learned that, hey, you give it to God, you say the surrender novena. By the way, that is one of the things that has helped thousands of people I've spoken to when I speak 40, 50 times around the world, or at least I used to when they they had more events, um the Surrender Novena by Father Delindo Rutolo, and this is something Mm -hmm. you can put on the website afterward, Mm -hmm. is you feel like the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. And when you say that over and over again, those simple prayers each day when you need them, you really know that God is in control and that he loves you so much and he's going to bless you with that peace that we need so much.
1: Yeah you know and as you talk about fear i think one of the things that people do fear is evangelization they fear what does that mean right how to do that i
0: i think you're right on it and it makes me think of one other thing tom because um in in addition to fear the 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 other tool that i have seen the devil use just mercilessly is division and mm-hmm. and and really if you go all the way back to the root of diablo and i'm not smart enough to tell you all those things but fundamentally the divider right yeah. is to divide mm-hmm. and 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 so In evangelization, if our good is to evangelize, but we evangelize in such a way that we create Mm division, we are doing the work of the devil. All the every second that we're evangelizing, he's dancing in the corner. I remember belonging to a parish where there was a huge debate: should you hold hands during the Our Father or not? Yeah, that was a debate, right? And people were looking around. So this is like seconds. Minutes Before you receive communion and you're making a judgment because somebody's holding hands or not holding hands. Mm. I'm like the devil is dancing up yeah. the main aisle yes, right here in our church. Heart, right? Right. So I think as you answer the question, you know, I need to evangelize. How will my evangelization build the kingdom of God? Exactly. Right. right. And, and, sometimes, and that's what I think you've done really well.
2: Well, yeah. sometimes shutting up and not saying anything is yeah. a way to evangelize. Yeah. I've been on so many plane flights where I've said the prayer, Lord, help me lead someone closer to Christ. And I would say maybe 60% of the time, the person sitting next to me, oh, I used to be Catholic. Well, when I hear that, they're opening the door. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to go in there and start talking to them uh, in, in a relevant way about their needs, their wants, their struggles and all. And then eventually, you know, let them know that Jesus is the answer and the church is is what he created, you know, we are the church Jesus created to solve those problems with the sacraments. But on the other hand, if somebody doesn't say that and they put their nose back in the book, I'll know they don't want to share. So I'm just kind to them. I listen to them when they talk. I'll, I'll meet their needs, but I will not sell faith why they're not ready for it yet the field is not plowed so we have to know when to walk through that door and when not to
1: yeah Um,
2: definitely yeah just that simple
1: the image i had as you were saying that is i had the image of you know david prayed before going into every battle Right. And so if you're sitting there on the plane and somebody says, oh, I used to be Catholic, basically there's the open. The door is open. Mm -hmm. And if you walk through that, there's going to be a battle because the evil one doesn't want you to be touching their hearts, reaching them for Christ or anything. Mm -hmm. And so, as you said before, call on the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will tell you, give you the freedom to either speak or tell you how hold your tongue on this one, Tom, but the Holy Spirit will guide you into that battle and let you know what you're supposed to do.
2: You know, the other thing I want to mention is I've learned over the years because I, you know, I came from a family that worried a lot. It, maybe it's a Midwestern thing. Maybe it's a Polish Catholic thing. Maybe it was just my family. I don't know, (laughs) but I have to battle that. And I've, you know, had bouts of depression and things over the years. And being not afraid and knowing that God is in control is really the key. And I want to talk about that after we come back from the break too.
0: That'd be awesome. Yeah,
1: that would be really good. One other thing real quick that you made me think about as we were talking about that is what somebody taught me many years ago about um, evangelization that made it so simple and took away some of my fear with it. And you're, you're basically kind of sharing this too, is he said, be a friend to somebody. So make a friend. So make a friend, really be a friend to that person and then bring that friend closer to Christ. Right. And so what you're saying is there are gonna be a lot of different ways you bring that friend closer to Christ, but God will lead you. He'll help you know what to do, what to say, how to say it, And um, but it's simple. It doesn't have to be really hard and really difficult. So listeners, you are here in the family room. We are with Tom Peterson. Please join us again after this break.
0: We'll be right back inside the family room in moments. Sponsored by Sprite on The Quest.
3: St. Joseph was a man of few words. In fact, not a single word of his was recorded in Scripture. But the Father of Jesus spoke abundantly in his silence, and he certainly gave us a lot to talk about. Want to go deeper? Listen to the St. Joseph series on your Quest app and on thequestatlanta.com.
0: We're back in the family room, sponsored by Versebrite. Right here on AM 1160, The Quest.
1: We are here with our guest, Tom Peterson, who has an amazing apostolate called Catholics Come Home. Um, And as well as Virtue Media actually has two of them. And uh, you can go onto his website. We'll have links to his uh, all of his work and his resources in our show notes as well. But, um, Tom, one of the things we always ask each of our listeners, since this is the family room, is we love to hear people's favorite family room memory. And obviously, this can be of when you were growing up as a child or it can be your current family and any memories you have of favorite family room times with them.
2: I remember my mom and dad were faithful Catholics and um, they would always bless us with the sign of the cross on the forehead, especially before we went to school or as we were going to bed and we carried on that tradition with our three daughters and they're doing the same with their with our grandkids now our nine grandkids and I I, that's one of the things that came to mind as soon as you Mm -hmm. mentioned it is just blessing our children with the sign of the cross that is beautiful
1: that's beautiful you know I did that one time with my daughter in front of a group of people and it was hilarious because all of a sudden all of her friends lined up oh I want one too (laughs) I want one too it was so cute why do you think Ash Wednesday is so popular (laughs) huh it is that's great
0: I think this, that's great. I think that, um, you know, as a father, you, you have that right or that power, right. To bless your children. So that's, that's pretty great. Before we went into the break time, you were sharing, you were sharing some of the, um, some of the things from your past mm-hmm. and I'm a the whole theme of be not afraid. Right. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and the devil using that fear thing. So, in so yeah. many uh, destructive ways, Can, let's go back sure. to that. Cause I, th- I feel like you had some more things you wanted to share there.
2: Yeah. It, obviously it was a, a challenge and weakness for me kind of, deprogramming this that was in my DNA, and we all struggle with it. I mean, the world struggles with it. There is there is so much fake news out there. There's so many mirages that the devil dishes up. And like I said, they're customized for us. But I think we give him too much power. If we're mm. covered with the Holy Spirit, if we're leading a sacramental life, he has no power over us. If we don't bite off on his sin or his temptations, he has no power over us. And Jesus even said in scripture, you know, to, to to Satan. You have no power over me. Mm -hmm. I'm doing, you know, I'm doing the things my father told me to do and you have no power unless I give it to you. And so I think the same applies for us as Christians, as Catholic Christians, that when we're leading a sacramental life, we have to be aware of the temptations. We have to be aware of the spiritual warfare that's always raging around us. However, we shouldn't be afraid if we coat ourselves with the precious blood of Jesus and we put on the mantle of protection from the Blessed Mother and know that the Holy Spirit's guiding our steps to Say, be gone. And just like Padre Pio in all of his spiritual wrestling with mm. the devil and the other saints we know of with all their stories. We just say, be gone. In the name of Jesus, be gone. In the name of Jesus is powerful. powerful. Mm-hmm. And uh, we just need to just move on and, and just give no no credence to it. Because if we show that fear on our face, and he reads that in our eyes, and he sees us cowering, he's going to come in even harder. Mm. So we say, be gone in the name of Jesus, and uh, you'll see. Things will get better, and it'll ease up for you. Yeah. Draw
0: nigh to God,
2: and he will draw nigh to
0: you. Exactly,
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and at the name of Jesus, every knee. He shall bend yeah. yep. tongue
0: bookly
2: yep. yeah, yeah so if hey, he that. keeps bending his knee he can't get you <laughs> exactly, exactly. No, it's, it's
0: easy I, I what i like is you said he customizes it mm-hmm. to you yeah yes. like yeah. he is yeah, yeah. he yeah. is a fisher of men
1: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah definitely um, one of the things that you also mentioned was You know, as we evangelize, first of all, we got to get our our own personal fear of evangelizing and then we walk into it. But sometimes it's helpful to know that there are blessings that come with evangelizing, Mm -hmm. you know, that maybe gives us a little bit more courage to do it, to think, okay, this is God's will, but also there are some additional blessings that Mm -hmm. come. So what are some of the uh, rewards that God promises when we evangelize?
2: So um, at the end of James, uh, James 520, it says, remember this. Whoever turns the sinner from the error of their way will save themselves from death and cover a multitude of sins. Mm -hmm. So talk about a way to mitigate purgatory and other stuff. (laughs) Jesus says, feed my sheep, spread my good news. And if you do, guess what? I'm going to erase a whole lot of those things because I'm giving you a promise that... I will cover a multitude of your sins by you spreading the good news for me, uh, and then in Peter four eight it says above all love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. Mm-hmm. So if we're beating ourselves up if we're worried oh I had a checkered past or this and that, obviously the sacraments you know go back to confession and we have a website called goodconfession.com. dot com mm-hmm. and and believe it or not one of the one of the evangelicals as we call them our trademark term evangelization commercial evangelmercial uh, that does the best is is the ones that feature hey come to the sacrament of reconciliation it's a car wash for your soul it's a second chance you know a do-over over over and over again and i think people want that mercy Mm -hmm. they're really looking for that second chance in life Mm -hmm. that third chance that mercy and god's calling us to offer that mercy to them uh as he mentioned through faustina and the divine mercy um you know, uh, uh, we're talking about evangel- easy ways to evangelize. Do you know that Siri on your phone is a good way to evangelize? Really? You guys know that? No. No. I, if you- I
0: try to avoid her at all. I cost. know. I know.
2: And as secular she's- as she is, programmed by the atheists in Silicon Valley. Yeah, but she never does what I ask. Anyway. I know. I know. <laughs> when you get a chance, just say, Siri, who started the Methodist Church? Siri, who started the Baptist Church? Siri, who started the Lutheran Church? And she's going to give you a guy's name who started it. Siri, who started the Catholic Church? She's going to answer Jesus Christ. I mean, talk about a way to say, you know, who started your church? (laughs) Even Siri knows the truth. (laughs) So now that they hear this, they may reprogram it. But like, it it literally is a great way to evangelize using a secular tool that the world understands.
0: You said something in the first half that caught my attention. We were talking about easy ways to evangelize or Mm -hmm. or ways to evangelize in environments that might be a slightly hostile to the concept. You said, be bold. But not overt. Hmm, yeah. That seemed like a packed statement to me. Yeah. We we share a friend who keeps a crucifix in his office, mm-hmm. right? Um, I finally bit the bullet and did that, um, and I felt like that was my way of saying, "Yep, you can ask me about it or not, but it's there." Right? Mm-hmm.
2: Talk about some ways about, about ways of being bold but not overt. Okay. okay. Um, I have a relative, and I'll keep this generic, um, who who had a faith reason not to get the vaccine, and he worked for a secular public institution kind of tied to the government. And he boldly says, based on faith, I can't do it. So they interviewed him and he actually evangelized the guy interviewing him who was in personnel, human resources taking the, says, you've blown me away. I, mm. I didn't understand this. So he used it as an opportunity to evangelize. It worked. He was given the exemption and moved on. Um, I know uh, other people, uh, my um, my son-in-law's dad worked for Disney. He was a vice president, oh, top notch, mm. did the Indiana Jones ride and, and so forth, many other at Disneyland and some at Disney World. Um, And he would constantly evangelize at Disney, of all places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Disney's very secular, as you know now, yes. mm-hmm. uh, extremely. And he was bold in his faith. But, you know, he would have a crucifix in his office. He would talk about things, and he was not afraid to share the faith. But again, there's a way to share the faith that's not braggadoce, that's not, uh, I'll show you, that's not political in any confrontational. way. Confrontational. Yeah, mm-hmm. not confrontational, but just, mm-hmm. just also not being, so It's it's a fine line between not being afraid to speak the truth and share the faith gently, and it's the way we say things that either fall on fertile soil or don't. So, you know, here's here's one, another easy way, a bridge, if you will, in sharing the faith. Somebody might bring up something about uh, the sanctity of human life uh, in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to just avoid it. You want to speak the truth about God cares about all life and wants to protect it and so forth. So it's called the feel, felt, found technique. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. if you've ever yeah. had any sales or marketing experience, yeah. you've learned this, yeah. where you build a bridge, where you could say something like, I know how you feel. I know a lot of other people felt the same way. Or you can say, I felt the same way if that applies to you. But over the years when I've learned this, this, or the other thing, here's what I've found. Mm -hmm. And that way you let them save face. You're not saying, I can't believe you say that abortion is murder. You know, those are kind of incendiary statements. But if you do the feel, felt, found technique and you do it gently, you might just be sowing seeds on fertile soil and they might change their mind. So the way
1: we say things is critical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. So speaking the truth in love, like scripture tells us. -hmm. And
0: that's that tongue. That's that well-trained tongue because that tongue is a two-edged sword and it can be, Mm -hmm. it can be as painful and cutting as it is. It is helpful. So, um, what about some common themes? Um, what are some themes you've interviewed hundreds of reverts, right? Folks Mm -hmm. who've coming back to the, who have come back to the faith and converts. Mm -hmm. Um, some of them
2: avowed atheists, what are some of the themes that you've seen in, in all of that, Tom? That people are basically good. We're created in God's image and we need to have a positive view of humanity, not a negative one because we are created in God's image. But as we get older and as Fulton Sheen, God bless him, used to say, you know, we get further from the source, we don't look as much like God as we did as little children who were mm. innocent and, and mm. a whole lot like God. So those wounds start coming on us, those barnacles on our, our ship of life and the temptations we get battered and dusty over the years. So we need that spiritual car wash for our souls to learn what his purpose is in our life so that we can be an instrument. And if you know anything about bands or instruments, we're all playing kind of different role, but we're we're working in unison together. Um, I've noticed that wandering souls didn't know what they didn't know. Mm. They just never really were explained certain things or taught certain things in a way that it fell on fertile soil. Case in point, I had a disagreement with my CPA this year on my taxes. I kept saying... I owe more, I have to pay on this inherited Roth IRA, and she kept giving me different answers. We were miscommunicating. Mm. We were talking in different languages. Got it. And mm. then finally when everyone kind of settled down and I explained things, we kinda of got on the same page. I think I think souls are the same way. They want to hear things in a way they can understand it. Currently they're maybe medicating with things to fill that hurt, that wound <sighs> yeah. in their life. Yeah. Other than Jesus, the Jesus shape hole only he can fill. So we have to do what Jesus did. Father, forgive them. They don't understand. We have to be patient and we have to lead them to Christ through love, oftentimes in our actions and our kindness, not always in our evangelization words.
1: Yeah. So listeners, if you were just joining us, you are here in the family room. We're speaking with Tom Peterson from Catholics Come Home. And Tom, what you were just describing um, brings up to me that word, word humility. You know, we're speaking with kindness. We're speaking with grace. Um, we're recognizing that there might be other things going on, the, on other people's lives. Maybe they don't know. They were never catechized. Nobody ever told them. Um, they do know that there is a, a hole, but they don't know what it is. And they're filling it in a lot of different ways that maybe opposed to what we would recommend for them. But we need to s- go with a sense of humility as well. Why is humility so important?
2: As a very famous priest evangelist who goes around in the speaking circle said, uh, no humility, no holiness. And that's mm. true, that we need to be models of humility in order to sow the holiness of Christ. There's two things I want to talk about in this area. One is the question I asked one of the gray friars as he was taking me through Manhattan after I had a meeting there. And he was one of Father Benedict Rochelle's brothers Mm. uh, who evangelized the poorest of the poor in the streets of of New York. And I said, Brother Simon, you gray friars are super holy. What do you know that I don't know? And he said, family. And I said, family? Like, you guys are celibate priests. What do you (laughs) know about family? And he said... It's the acronym, FAMILY. Forget about me, I love you.
3: Oh, wow. FAMILY. Uh, Forget
2: about me, I love you. I'm
1: writing that down. I'm sure all of our listeners are. Yeah, it's easy to remember, isn't it? (laughs) And basically, it's saying
2: think of others first, think of Christ, don't think of yourself, put yourself third and everything will go better. So that's humility, isn't it? That, so what he was telling me was humility is the key. And the second thing is something that our priest in Arizona, Father Doug Lorig would say. And by the way, I wanna give you a website. This would be a good link for, mm-hmm. for you to put on there. Father Doug, Father Doug, F-R-Doug, com, F-R-Doug, Father Doug, hands. H-A-N-D-S dot com. He was a great evangelist and a great teacher, holy man of God. um, And he really, really loved the Blessed Mother, as did St. John Paul, too. And he's got some amazing talks that will help you to grow in spirituality and holiness. So that would be a good Mm -hmm. link. Great. But um, he used to quote this Eastern saint, St. Philo of Alexandria. And his famous line was, Be kind to everyone, for we're all fighting such a great battle. Mm. Be kind to everyone, for we're all fighting such a great battle. Until we empathize and walk in the shoes of our neighbor, we don't know what they're going through. We don't know the challenges they've had. And maybe they're angry because they had a really tough time at work. They got laid off. Or maybe somebody's sick in their family. Maybe they haven't had any sleep. They're a mom with, you know, seven kids and hasn't slept in three weeks. Yeah. We don't know. So I think that's great advice for all of us. Um, Easier said than done. But it helps us grow in humility to be kind and think of others first. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you for that. Um, Thinking about uh, just the state of affairs,
0: Every day, I swear I'm not going to listen to the news. And the minute I hear a second of it, like I want to lose my mind. Um, in our world, there's just, there's huge challenges. As you think about all the different folks that you've spoken to, when you think about the challenges of evangelization, Tom, what what do you see as like the biggest problems and maybe how can we leverage evangelization to... To deal with that sure
2: um i think there's three things number one the world is buying the world's biggest lie that the devil doesn't exist oh, maybe that's, and that's is that. his biggest yes, trick yeah. Yeah. Oh, i don't exist yeah. i'm just a cartoon character and all that stuff uh and the other thing the other trick okay you say, oh, i, I know he exists i know he's but here's the other thing the the thing he sewed to adam and eve and they bit off on this apple Did God really say that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So going back to what I said earlier on in the interview, did God really tell you to give that check to the church after your retreat? Yeah. You know, that's what he was saying. He wasn't
0: thinking about this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Oh, you got kids to feed. You got a wife to take care of. You're losing the majority of your income. Did God really say that? And that's what he does to us when we're tempted to do something we shouldn't do, when we're debating on doing the right thing as St. Therese of Lisieux would teach us at every moment, do what love requires. Huh? Did God really say? It? So that's number one. Number two, I think we've forgotten that Baltimore catechism line. And I'm a couple years too young. I'm 62 to, to really know it. If you're 65 or older, you kind of knew it. And it's that, you know, why <laughs> yeah. are we, you know, why are we here on earth? To know, love and that's serve God. Be relatively happy in this life. And I love that word relatively. You know, it's not going to be all great. Relatively happy in this life and supremely happy with him in the next. We've forgotten that as Mm. a society, as a culture, and as a church. And then finally, the last thing, Catholics don't aim for heaven. You go, wait a minute, we aim for heaven. Uh, oh, how many times have I said to somebody about hell, Oh, I'm shooting for purgatory is what they say. Yes. And a good priest named Father Mark Beard said, and I'll never forget this, if we aim for purgatory and miss, what do we get? <laughs> we get hell, you know? So I. he says, so... Instead, aim for heaven. And if you miss, at least you have a fallback of purgatory. I think that is brilliant advice for the tough times of our world.
0: That is. And you know what that takes us. So we, one of our very early guests was uh, Dr. Edward Shree. And and he did a great job here, but he also did a Bible study that we, um, and you'll appreciate this, Tom. He says, do not be Chicago Cubs Catholics. (laughs) And we're like, well, first, as a Southsider, you didn't want to be a yeah. Chicago Cubs anything, <laughs> right? But, but what he meant was, if you're a Chicago Cubs fan, until recently, you know that like everybody plays baseball every year, but the and the Cubs do, but they're they are not the kind of team that wins the World Series. They're just not. So we're gonna go out, we're gonna cheer for them, but eh, they're not. They're not gonna ever win the World Series, and and you just and that his point was. As Catholics, we do precisely that. We say, yeah, yeah. that holiness thing, that sainthood thing, that's for the saints. We are, we're just kind of, hey, we're going to make the grade. Like I think from building terms, we're going to pass the inspection, but we're not going to make it an elaborate house mm. to live in, right? Yeah. And so what a great point.
1: Well, and I think we do that because we forget and we think we're doing it in our own strength, right? right? We can't do it in our own strength. And it goes back to what you said at the beginning of this this interview is that we need the Holy Spirit. Right. We need the Holy Spirit and nighttime. it's the Holy Spirit who can guide us, lead us, help us through the sanctification process. And I'm aiming for heaven. I don't know about you guys. Well, but yeah, it, saint, if,
0: <laughs> if you sainthood is isn't like canonization, sainthood right. is in heaven. Some right. of the some of those in heaven are canonized, right? Right. right. But right. If if that's your plan, it is sainthood that you're right. after.
1: Yeah, I guess, you know, right. it's funny because I'm like, OK, but I'm not aiming for canonization. You yeah, know, well, we all, we I've yeah. got a
0: pretty strengthy <laughs> list that says if you do the investigation, that's not going to happen. That's happen, not going to
1: happen. But I'm still
2: working... <laughs> I was in my adoration hour this morning and I had kind of a profound thought. Uh, another lady signed up, so there's now three of us in adoration. My wife comes too, so four. And then there were some people who came early and visited and I looked around and said, Man, there's like seven people in the room. Like, why does God need me here? And he said, I don't need you here at all. Yeah. Adoration is for you. Yeah, you it's need to benefit to be here. you. Huh? You know, like you need me. I don't need you here. And, and so many times we humans think we're doing something for yeah. God. It's not. We're yeah. we're disposing ourselves to the grace of God and when somebody says i took communion i correct them gently i said you received communion mm-hmm. you see the difference yeah. we're taking like we're in control we're taking no we received jesus That's a great yeah. Yeah. and and i think so many times in life our human nature is to just say hey you know if it's going to be it's up to me no if it's going to be it's up to god i'll be the co-pilot not yeah, the, pilot, yeah, the huh? platform
1: right, right. so
0: maria i know you had a couple of questions one thing that i'm compelled to say that that you made me think about what mari when you when you refer to our reading about you know i, I know my sheep in mind on me they hear my voice and they follow me
1: yeah
0: well what i keep thinking about in all these conversations all the sheep have to do is hear his voice and follow him yeah they don't have to plug it into ways they don't have to <laughs> get in front of the sheep in front of them they all they got to do is follow him yeah. it is so much easier just receive communion be in adoration it's so much easier at least than i want to make it so yeah. today's my day to push all my garbage on you guys but it's like yeah. i'm projecting my own so no, it's I like love Jesus, that. all you gotta do is follow just follow just me just follow just yeah. follow yeah i love I'm, that i'm taking it, it. doesn't anyway, mean we
2: don't to, have a role in, we have and, been, and then taking that power from the holy spirit and using our god-given talents to fulfill the mission he's given us but We can't give what we don't have. So we have to be filled up with him first in order to bring him to the world. If we follow,
0: he is not going to give us a pass to go, Okay, yeah, don't worry about it. Right. Right? He didn't say he didn't say pick up. Your invitation to the to, to the to the party and right. have a big time. He yeah. said, "Pick up your cross and follow me." Pick right. up your cross, but so, he also
1: said, "My burden is is light, right? Yep. And my yoke is yeah. easy." So I'm going to yoke myself to him, knowing that he is going to give me the strength to do whatever he's calling me to do. I've occasionally challenged his definition of easy. Yeah, yeah. this is yeah. true.
2: <laughs> and, and nine times out of ten, though, he's already prepared each of us with the customized plan. So if things are going really, really well and smoothly, it, you're probably in the right place. If it's not going well, say maybe I'm not supposed to do business with that person. Maybe I'm not supposed to be a friend with that individual. Like if things aren't going well, maybe, maybe God's given you the warning yeah. that, hey, yeah. this isn't
1: me. This advice. is you planning it, not me. Right, right. That's a good point. Okay, so one of the places that sometimes evangelization does not go so smoothly, and we only have a few minutes, but any t- helpful hints for evangelizing within our own families? This yeah. is the family room. So we try Amen. to offer, offer <laughs> encouragement to families on, um, on things to do specifically. Specifically for their families. And sometimes people say, wow, that's the hardest place Mm -hmm. to. Well, even, you know, a prophet in his own land type of.
2: Yeah. yeah, boy, um, I think every time I've given a talk, somebody's come up to me and said, you know, pray for my child. They're away from the faith. My brother or sister are away from the faith, And they worry, they despair, they're, they're, you know, overcome by it. That's a trick from the evil ones so that we don't do our mission because mm-hmm. we're so obsessed with the other person who's not walking in the faith walk that we think they should walk in. So first of all, pray pray yeah. for them that's the number one and the best thing we can do is just literally like Saint Monica taught us pray mm. for an Ambrose to come in your son you know Augustine's life yeah. uh, for them number two be an example of Christ don't be a hypocrite live a Christ-like life because how do you how do you promote faith and, and Catholicism and the sacraments if you've if you're living a duplicitous life where you're saying one thing and doing another your kid's going to look at you and say well, my mom or dad's a hypocrite you mm-hmm. know so that's the other thing Um, And then I think, you know, we just have to really build those spiritual muscles so that we can, you know, we we can um, ward off the the bad stuff um, for us and our families. But again, I think, you know, 90 percent of it is just prayer saying, Lord, you love them more than I do. You take Mm -hmm. care of them. I offer them to you and just show love to the person when you see them. Don't battle with them. Don't try to teach them. Just show them love.
1: Yeah. That's good words. Well, and I just want to add one oh, thing please, to that that
0: I got it from Tom. Yes, and I, so if you're worrying about evangelizing in yeah. the family, yes. I would say family, forget about me. I love you.
1: There you go. I
0: love you where you are, bro. I'll get you there.
1: Hang
2: with me. All right. Sorry.
1: That for is that. a perfect. No, right. That's a perfect. Um, and
0: you didn't I, get
2: it from me. I got it from the Greyfriars. Uh, oh, right. so okay. We're we'll we'll all sharing and borrowing you for sharing. stuff. That comes I think
0: I know the where they got it. Yeah, yeah, I know
2: too.
1: That's a perfect mic drop moment. We might have to add that, right? Um, so Tom, we have loved having you with us. We really appreciate you Thank taking you. the time and sharing your, um, your faith and your apostolate with all of our listeners. Would you also bless us by sure. praying for us as we close? And I'm
2: going to ask your listeners to please pray for me and our apostles. Everything goes better with prayer. I certainly can't do anything without Christ. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. 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 Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for Quest Radio. We thank you for uh, uh, all of the listeners out there who are such faithful, to devout Catholics. Iron sharpens iron. Uh, when things in the world get tough, just, Lord, thank you for putting good, faithful people in our paths to help strengthen us and remind us keep pointing us to you like the Blessed Mother does. Her whole role was to say, do what my son tells you. Mm-hmm. So Lord, we just ask for you to protect us in this crazy world, to give us the strength, to give us the Holy Spirit so that we're not afraid that we can live the mission you've given us in our lives and that we can become evangelists to the world by telling our story of the good news that Jesus has put in our hearts. And we ask for this grace and blessing in Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Father, Spirit. Son, and the holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.
1: Thank you so much, Tom Peterson. We thank you for being with us here in The Family Room. Join us again here next week where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families.
0: Thanks for hanging out with us in The Family Room,
2: sponsored by Versprite. For more info, go to thequestatlanta.com.